This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hello there, mindful listeners. This is Dr. Holly Lucille, host of Mindful Medicine. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. And I hope you are doing really well, taking care of yourself and each other. And I have a lovely repeat guest. His name is Dr. Brian Kornblatt. We had such a blast talking last time, and I wanted to have him back. And I'm just going to go right to it, bring him on at the top of the show. Dr. Kornblatt, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I am doing super, super well. I live in uh, Los Angeles, and I have to tell you something. We have this thing called May Gray, and then it's followed up right now by June Gloom. And I do feel like I live in Seattle, right, as you have it. <laughs> it's like something to get used to. I think we use sunny, uh, you know, sunny Southern California as the reason that we pay so much in rent and mortgage, and people are fired up right now. It's like, where is our sun? <laughs> That's incredible. Well, actually, I don't know if I had told you last time, in 2002, I got married in Southern California, in Newport Beach area. My wife had gone to UC Irvine, and every morning, it's really gray. They call it the marine layer there. You know, my background from the last call, I do a lot of work with environmental toxicants, and what's pretty scary and alarming is there's a lot of mercury in that marine layer. They're actually able to quantify and quantitate some of the mercury and other heavy metals, and it's having a major impact in cognition. So all your friends that might run on like coastal highway or on the shore every morning, they have to be really careful and think about detoxing if you're always running in that marine layer. I know it always kind of eases off around 10 a.m. You know, every morning, but yeah, it has a lot of mercury, and they say it comes from the coal fire plants all the way from China and India. It comes from the Gulf Stream. Yeah, so you know, that's such a great point. I mean, we have to be really aware of that. I mean, you know, I have had this saying throughout my career called supplement your lifestyle. And because we live here and I, you know, sometimes I'll take a great hike and I'll get some elevation at a, you know, local canyon or mountain or what have you. And you get up there and winded and everything, but I'm looking and I'm like, it's a pretty color of green, but there's a nice green hue around in the sky. And so supplement your lifestyle, exactly what you're saying. It's kind of like, okay, you know you're toxing out there, just breathing. So it's there's retox, detox. You know, the tide goes out, it comes back in. Supplement your lifestyle. So we need to make sure our antioxidant stores are up. We need to make sure that our liver is functioning optimally and all of those things. And without sun, you know, we got to make sure our vitamin D levels too are once again, not one click above rickets, like I see sometimes when people bring in their labs, but really optimal for our immune system. I completely agree with you. And um, one of the things too, if you agree, I don't remember if we touched upon this the last time I was on, genetics is such a big factor when it comes to taking the right supplements. And I don't know if I'd share with you, I'm on the board of a company called Intellix DNA. And this is a type of program where you go and you do a cheek swab, you send it off, it's a home kit to a lab. And a couple of weeks later, a, a US trained healthcare worker will actually go through your genetics with you. There's another wonderful company that's cheaper. It's called Nebula Genomics. And this actually company where everyone who goes into one of our clinical trials with our Vinia product, I think I shared about last call, they all get the Nebula Genomics. And what's nice is once it's done, you never need to do your genomics again. But we use genomics to guide and see 
where some of the issues might be with some of our enzymes that are responsible for metabolizing and breaking down some of these supplements and, and how they might work in our body. So I like to say, you know, but when I was a trained pediatric oncologist, I went to Johns Hopkins, and once I learned and, and, and understood how to apply genomics and genetics, I say I would never do it again. And it's like the analogy I've often heard over the years is it's like a pilot. If you take a Southwest pilot and say, I'm going to say, I'm going to visit you this afternoon. I'm going to fly from Baltimore to LAX. And I tell this pilot, we're going to take away your radar. I guarantee he or she would never take off on that plane. Once you get radar, you never want to fly blind again. Same is true with genetics. Once you start treating patients using genetics, you never want to go without it because without it, you're, you're missing half the story. I could not agree more. I mean, I'm so glad we, this is what we're going to focus on for this episode because Genetics, epigenetics, so important. You know, I don't know, I think it's probably been since the last time you and I spoke, but I joined an integrative oncology practice. And so I see Tuesdays and Thursdays, what I like to call people who are showing patterns of cancer, okay? Not like who have breast cancer or who have this cancer, but they're just, they're absolutely right now showing patterns of cancering. And there's a lot of evidence, let's just say, for example, around the ketogenic diet, specifically in general, because sometimes I ask people, hey, have you ever had a PET scan? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what did they give you? I think it was sugar. Yeah. Why did they give you sugar? Well, it's because that's what lights up the cancer. I'm like, mm-hmm. And then I'll also ask a question like, have you ever had like, let's say for ovarian cancer, your CA125 drawn? Yeah. Well, what does the C stand for? And they'll maybe say a couple different things. And I'm like, no, it's carbohydrates. And so for example, that's why I teach about sort of a metabolically sound approach to this and having a milieu or, or, or your atmosphere inside your body that's more adverse to cancer than bringing it in. So we want that low carbohydrate environment. But there's a test out there that I've started to use called nutrigenomics. And it's all about people's own genetics and how we can support them best with their diet. And like you said, for me, conventional wisdom and what I know from the evidence-informed and evidence-based, a lot of times I will recommend a therapeutic, nutritionally dense ketogenic diet for these people. But when I get their nutrition genome back, we can tweak that and it can be like superpower for these people because I have radar now, just like you were saying. No, you're exactly right. And it's funny because in the old days, you know, and I always used to joke around with my friends, you know, I was Western medicine trained, but then self-taught with functional integrative medicine just by working in the dietary supplement nutraceutical. Now I call it phytopharmaceutical fields, going to all these conferences and, and meeting friends who are functional integrative doctors. And I go to I go to one myself. I'm down in Florida, in Naples, Florida. I see a functional integrative doctor. I'll tell you a little personal story about an MS journey I had, but without the genetics, it's just absolutely amazing to me at, at how on the western side of things we you know i was an algorithm I, I was trained to be like a computer we hear about chat gtp and ai i was trained for 13 years at hopkins to find if i heard three to five symptoms i could tell you exactly which drug to use and tell you all about the side effects but we were never getting to the heart of the problem and we weren't understanding the genetics and, and really what was the root cause and basis. And a lot of times, I would say, probably you probably know this, 90% of the time a medicine or drug is, isn't even needed. It's, it's, I'll tell you a funny story. A lot of my friends, 
during COVID, their kids were getting diagnosed with anxiety. And as soon as you apply the genetics, you realize they don't need any of these drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, which a lot of times we still to this day don't know the true mechanism of action. A lot of times they're just missing the precursors. You find this with the genetics and blood tests. So like, for example, 5-hydroxytryptophan. I think half the people who are diagnosed with any kind of mental health disorder, you pair it with the genetics, you give them the right dose personalized for them a 5-hydroxytryptophan, the precursor to most neurotransmitters, they would never need any prescription medications with horrible side effects like causing suicide ideation in people who already have depression. You know, it's amazing to use this new knowledge and technology to really promote health and wellness for our patients. I think it's everything because it's like the way that I talk to my patients about it, it's like in doing this test, I'm like, I have a lot of information. I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of education. But when we get this test back, this is you. And also... I think what's really important is that people are like, well, but it's my DNA. And I've heard people say, one of the best sayings I've heard from patients in my practice throughout the years is, well, it runs in the family. They're like, yeah, it just runs in the family. Now, I'll tell you this, Brian, I've been trying to get away and I've been so aware of them that it's startling. We have so many violent analogies in our vocabulary. You know, break a leg, knock them dead. There's more than one way to skin a cat. They're all like these things. But what I used to say about genetics is your lifestyle or your genetics loads the gun, your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Now, I would love to say that in a different way. And I think the one thing that I came up with is your biography becomes your biology. That's a little less violent. And same thing with like, kill two birds with one stone. I'm like, well, let's feed two birds with one crumb. <laughs> and so, no, I like that. A better way to say it. It's funny. I always say, too, it's a great thing that the genetics doesn't control your health destiny. It's the combination, obviously, of your genetics and the environment. And then environments include stresses and foods and even chemicals that we're unaware of. And I'll share something really neat too, and I don't mind sharing this. You know, my entire life, I've always been like an orderly kind of person. I'll be 50 this year in October, but like my entire life, you know, and it really manifested when I went to college. I went to University of Maryland, Baltimore County for my undergrad, and I was living in a small dorm room with my roommate, Bernie, and like we were both kind of like really clean and got much cleaner. You know, I think when you go to college, you either become more of a slob or you realize I have such a small space, I'm going to get cleaner. So we were really clean, and it got to the point where like I would put papers in order and this and that. And I never got diagnosed with OCD, but throughout my entire life, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I have OCD. And then sure enough, once I got the genetics, Holly, this is incredible. Only 11% of people in the world have a double mutation like I do in a protein called solute carrier family one member one. And it increases the risk of OCD behavior. And all my behaviors, everything I've done throughout my life, that pattern, it's all in my genes. When I got my genetics done, I was like, oh my God, this is a treasure trove. The other interesting personal story, my wife, Grace, she actually just recently also started seeing a functional doctor down in Florida. Sally, both her parents were physicians and like many in the healthcare field, they were very selfless. They didn't think about themselves, but treated everyone else. They actually both died too young, in my opinion, because they just worked themselves all the time, every weekend. When Grace got her genetics done, the first 20 SNPs, these changes in her DNA, relay the story of how both her parents passed away. It showed all the predispositions that she has. And the wonderful thing there is it's not a, like using that analogy, it's not a death sentence at all. Knowing these predispositions, we can then use the right diets and interventions and supplements and exercise to make sure that she doesn't succumb to the same things her parents did. But again, it's like, it's an amazing time we live in now with this technology to be able to kind of pre-diagnose people with what their 
what their journeys are going to be in their lifetime. And my background in, in oncology and, and cancer prevention research, we don't think we can honestly say we can completely prevent cancers. But I, in my heart of hearts, believe the interventions we've created over the decades now can delay it for many decades later. And when you do get it, you're going to get a much easier bout of cancer that's more easily treated. And, and again, just knowing the genetics and the right interventions, it, it makes a world of difference. And I think that's such great news. I think you know, can't change your DNA, but you can change, I would say, the phenotypic expression of it. And when I, I'll say like photograph, like just like the picture of it, like the way that it presents itself, we can manipulate these things. So you've said a couple things like integrative, functional, I'm a naturopathic doctor. What do you think about the difference? Like if there is any, and I'm talking, I want us to have this conversation because i feel like sometimes for our listeners that it might be confusing, right? So we've got standard of care, which is, in my opinion, it's the conventional Western allopathic way of doing things, which I always say, and I always have, and I do believe that there's value in all systems of medicine, right? I've I've had a traumatic sequel volvulus where I'd have to have, like, I had to have emergency abdominal surgery in the middle of the night. I've been in a motorcycle accident. Like I depend on the way that those people were trained and practiced to save my life a couple times over. But what do you think about when you say functional or naturopathic or integrative? Because what I'm getting to is I want to help our listeners understand where they can go to maybe get a genetic test to understand their genes and epigenetics and nutrigenomics and all of those things. So that is a great question, and I'm actually working on it now. I've been invited to give the health keynote speech at Collision Conference in Toronto at the end of the month, and I'm actually talking about the different choices we have as patients here in the United States and in most of the westernized world. I shared already that I was trained in Western medicine, and the way Western medicine, by and large, you're correct. I think it deals best with acute injuries and problems, and just like you, I had a, it's called esophageal echolasia. I was going to Israel for to visit, you know, the bioharvest company where I'm chief medical officer last summer. And because they were just opening up the Israel to the entire world for people traveling and visiting again, my doctors thought it'd be a really good idea for me to get another COVID prophylactic shot. So I got something called Evisheld. And literally within days of getting it, I had something called esophageal echolasia. It happened when I was in Israel. My entire esophagus shut down. So I I lost like 20 pounds. By the time I got home from Israel, I had emergency esophageal surgery using a Da Vinci robot. So again, that's where Western medicine, I think, does the best when you have these acute crises. I will say if you want to promote health and wellness, I would run from traditional Western trained doctors. And I get in trouble saying this, but it's honest to God truth. If you go to a doctor, you're going to get a drug. Nine out of 10 times, you don't even need this drug. Part of my talk when I'm in Canada at this conference, I'm talking about the fact that how silly is it, Holly, that when I take my two cats to the veterinarian, the very first thing they ask is, what do your cats eat? Yes. But yet I've gone to my internal medicine talk now for decades. He's a good friend. I don't want to disparage him. He's never once asked me what I eat. Never. And the reason is I never got trained in it. I was self-taught in nutrition. I have a book. It's to the right of me. It's 110 pages. I learned all of human nutrition in three days. Listeners, 70 to 90% of all chronic illnesses are due to our poor nutrition. Yet doctors, Western trained, only learn it for three days. That's absurd. So 
what I do is I spend out of pocket, and this is part of my talk. There's going to be insurance CEOs there. I find it really strange that I have to pay out of pocket for functional, integrative, and naturopathic doctors. And what they do is they take the time. You don't go wait in a room for an hour, see a nurse, and then see the doctor for five minutes and end off with a prescription medicine. They actually spend hours with you. And what they do is they look at your genetics. They listen all about your family history. They listen. They want to know what you're eating, what your lifestyles are, what your environmental kind of contexts are, You know whether it's chemicals at home, a new car in the workplace. And they use that to drive health and wellness. Holly, I would say that we don't really have in the U.S. anymore a healthcare system. It's really a sick care system. And I was a history of medicine minor in college. The Flexner Report that was commissioned by the Canada and U.S. governments back in the late 1800s was the most devastating thing to medicine. In the old days, every town had a family doctor that promoted health and wellness. The Flexner Report was commissioned, and what Dr. Flexner concluded was that we need to have silos in medicine, the dermatologists, the neurologists, all these others, We know by and large, nobody talks to one another. So you go to one and then they're not talking to the other. And it's just a a mess. And it's not unusual when I was still practicing medicine to have people come to our clinics with a bag of 10, 12, 15 drugs. Even with the best computers, I can tell you there's going to be side effects. We can't predict these. And what I love to do is peel away and get these people from 15 drugs onto one or two and really focus on lifestyle modifications. And that's what you do, naturopathic doctors, functional and integrative doctors do. The last thing we're gonna give and offer is drugs. The first thing we're gonna do is look at your diet, your exercise, and your environmental exposures. Holly, I don't know if you wanna add anything more to that. No, thank you so much. And so for listeners, to sum what he set up is that you just, you know, there are other choices in systems of medicine. Call them second opinions if you wish. Yes, unfortunately, right now, because of the way that things are still set up, I think in the United States, perhaps Canada, these are going to be mostly out of pocket, although in some states, you're, you know, there are some reimbursement. But being looked at, as you said, siloed, so very reductionistic, right? Nothing's talking. But if you look at the body and the way that the body works, it is so interconnected that I do think it's a mistake that that, that happened, that dermatology isn't understanding what the gut microbiome is doing because everything has to do with that. And it's exactly why I got into integrative oncology myself. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And the only appointment that I was too scared not to go to was my conventional allopathic medical oncologist. And I was so underwhelmed with that experience because same thing. She didn't ask me anything about who I was, what I ate, what my history was, what my family history was, nothing, 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 nothing. She saw my pathology and she said, we've got three drugs to choose from. We're going to start you on one. And if it doesn't work or if you have too many side effects, we've got others to choose from. Okay, I want to see you in six months. That was it. And I thought, oh my dear. And this was my first brush with anything like this. I'm like, I have got to get in there and help. (laughs) So I took a gap year in reverse and I basically went back to training and school, self-taught to do this and care for people that have patterns of cancer in a different, more terrain-based, right? Instead of tumor-focused, it's like, let's look at the person. You can't heal in the same soil that you got sick in. And so it's the reason I did it myself. And I was going to share something, a little bit of a story. I just came back. I was in um, for my job where we are doing clinical trials on Vinia, the red grape cell product I had shared about prior. We're actually doing some clinical studies. You'll appreciate this. We're using this in combination with the ketogenic diet. We're developing a clinical trial for glioblastoma. And for your listeners, this is one of the most devastating cancers in the world. It affects about 10,500 Americans a year. So it's not a lot of people, but those who it does affect, 
it can have major impacts. I have two daughters that played soccer, and their high school coach's brother, Daryl, just recently was diagnosed about six months ago now. And me, being an alum of, of Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, I tried to get him into a clinical trial. And would you know, the oncologist here in the United States, you have to fail frontline treatments first. So standard of care treatments first for anybody with glioblastoma. This is chemo and radiation. Wait, Brian, I just want to interrupt for one second. Don't you mean that the treatments have to fail the patient? You're exactly right. The treatments have to fail the patient. That's a great way to, to look at it as well. So you have to, the treatments have to fail the patient before you're eligible. Well, Daryl, just like many others, my college roommate, the one I told you about where we were both a little OCD, Bernie, his father also passed away from glioblastoma. Very similar story. Daryl made it two months into his chemo radiation and he passed away. Never made it to the clinical trials. And that's what's wrong again with Western medicine. We're so like, it's a black and white world where you have to do it this way, this way, this way. So we're going to Australia, Canada, Israel, and I went to the Philippines where we're enrolling sites on this glioblastoma study. We're using resveratrol, which has been well studied for decades in animal and cell models. And we're doing it with the ketogenic diet. And it's going to be, we think, a real game changer for those with glioblastoma. Going back to breast cancer, Holly, I might have shared this when we first met. And I don't know if it was recorded. I've always had a passion for cancer and looking at how people treat cancers all over the world. If you and I were living in the western part of China, which is very rural, you don't get chemo and radiation first, second, or third line. You actually start with medicinal mushrooms, mataki, shiitake, rishi. And only when those don't work... Do you ever go to westernized chemo radiation? I will tell you the majority of the time, they work wonderfully without any side effects and they get rid of breast cancer and brain cancers and stomach cancers. And I always tell my friends in Western medicine when they ask, Brian, how the heck are you in the dietary supplement nutraceutical field? I said, guys, we have more successes here than you all do. You have to go back and look at the roots of medicine, traditional medicine, because for thousands of years we had cures and then we started getting really technical and creating these synthetic drugs. And I'm telling you, Holly, it, we're not making gains. I'll tell you that America as a whole, we spend, uh, we're the 55th in terms of overall health. We spend more per capita than any westernized country in the entire world. And would you know the past two years, we're the only westernized country where our life expectancy is going down, not up. We have sicker people in this world, and that's because of westernized medicine. Functional integrative naturopathic medicine, we can reverse that course. I know that because I see it day in and day out, and I go to them. You know, That's what I've used to reverse my MS. I don't even have MS anymore. It's incredible. Tell me more about that. And I just think that we've gotten so into this Western conventional insurance-based medicine reductionistic, and there's a lot of fear. And you're, you're right, it's around sick care. It's not around promoting health and wellness, which I think that's where you thrive. But also, unfortunately, that's not where the money is, right? To be well and healthy, people are going to miss out on that whole big pharma thing. But okay, you were diagnosed with MS, which is a devastating progressive as a disease. Will you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, and I'll do, I'll do as quick as I can because I'm in the interest of time. So I'm a big avid cyclist, and I do a lot of charity rides. My wife and I trained for half a year for Johns Hopkins. They had a 150-mile Ride to Conquer Cancer two-day bike ride to raise millions of dollars for the Johns Hopkins Oncology Center. We did this in 2015. And then in 2016, I woke up one morning, and my entire left hand was numb. My hand was tingling. So like most people, and I don't know, Holly, if you're the same way, like most people in medicine, in my head, I'm like, I'm probably having a heart attack. And so when I go to a doctor, no, I was like, let's give it a week, see what happens. Guys, people in the audience, do not do what I did. If you think you're having a heart attack, immediately go and call a loved one, let them know what's going on, go to your doctor. Don't do what I did. But I waited a whole week. It didn't get any better. It didn't get any worse. So I knew I wasn't having a heart attack. 
Luckily, a good friend of mine is an orthopedic surgeon, so I went to him thinking, you know, I used to play soccer lacrosse and I picked up ice hockey in grad school. I don't do any anymore. I coach now. You know, I more watch and, and do cycling. It's a lot more forgiving on your joints, but I figured must be something related to all the spinal injuries I had over the years. So I went to my orthopedic surgeon. Sure enough, he says, looks like you haven't herniated disc by x-ray. Let's give you a Medrol dose pack. So again, a typical response by West Night Medicine. They gave me two Medrol dose packs. And for your listeners, this is high-dose steroids. You start off high, you go down low. If you have something like a herniated disc acutely, literally you feel like a warrior within one or two days. I mean, it literally gets rid of all the pain. I went for two weeks on this and had no benefit whatsoever. So they're like, you know, just to play it safe, let's do an MRI to look at this herniated disc. And when they did the MRI, it was eye-opening. I had one lesion, this white lesion on my spinal cord and five in my brain. And I never had any of these before. You know, I had concussions and I never had these. And I was like, boy, that's interesting. And then for the next six months, they checked my blood. I went to a local Quest and LabCorp and they know me here in Westminster, Maryland. I had the most amount of dread blonde than any other patient they've ever had. Over 30 vials in one sitting. They tested everything and they gave me this kind of mediocre 50,000 foot level Lyme's test. Everything came back negative. I had two cerebral spinal fluid taps. Everything came back negative. So after six months, I was diagnosed with MS in March of 2016 as a disease of exclusion. Part of the initial right up workup was that I might even have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. I mean, here I am 43 years old and I'm thinking, God, my life is over. And how the heck did this happen? I'm so healthy. I work on environmental toxicants, cancer chemo prevention. I thought I ate all the right things. So this was in 2016. I started taking a medicine called Abajo, which was the top of class biologic. It cost about 50,000 a year. Again, insurance company covered this. And within one year, I, I even made my diet even better. I had new lesions in my brain. So clearly I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And then they put me on something called Ocrevus, this infusion, which I don't know if you know, Holly, it completely kills off half of your entire immune system. So your immune system is no reactive. So the root cause isn't your immune system. The root cause, as I learned in medical school, school decades earlier, is these environmental toxicants, stressors. And they cause your immune system to go awry. So what do the drugs do? They shut down your immune system. They don't go after the cause. So here I am now, four years into it, two years ago, four years in, I have no more lesions. But the amazing thing is my cognition is only getting better. And for Hopkins Stocks, it was, I'm the only patient that's ever had, I take a baseline cognition test in 2016. I do it every six months. It's called Neurotrax. And my memory cognition is going up and up and up. It's getting better and better, not worse. And from a physical perspective, I'm able to ride my bike and do things. I mean, I'm on my way to 50. I'm feeling like I'm a teenager again. So nothing made sense. So I'm at a conference, my like probably 40th functional medicine conference. I had just gotten my genetics done and I'm like, you know what? I should really go see a doctor other than a westernized doctor. And so I went down to see a dear friend of mine in Naples. He took over for Dr. Eduardo Maristani's practice or he took over for David Perlmutter's practice, Dr. Eduardo Maristani. And we looked at my genetics, and sure enough, wouldn't you know, looking at my genetics, I have mutations in the ATP binding cassette family. For people who don't dabble in genetics, I'm looking at right now how it explains it. I have a hard time transporting out mercury and molds, and I can get white matter lesions in my brain. I also have another mutation, and it's called the nitric oxide synthase 3. And what this causes is leukotriasis. So it causes white matter lesions in your brain. And I have a double mutation. It's the number of calls of multiple sclerosis misdiagnoses. It affects the myelin coating of your nerves. So sure enough, with that genetics, we were like, you know what, what Lyme test did you have? And I had the standard one that's done you know, at LabCorp and Quest. It only looks at very high level Lyme. So we did mycotoxins and Lyme's and did a deep dive. 
Holly, this is what I ended up with. I have limes, Babesia duncani. I have three toxins, sartotoxin, vomitoxin, gliotoxin, and I have mercury poisoning. The way my doctors tell me any one of those is can be lethal, untreated, and any one of those would lead to a misdiagnosis of MS and ALS Lou Gehrig's disease. I have all six. I don't have them anymore. For six months, I did major treatments, a little bit of antifungals, but a lot of like glutathione, NAC, NAD, you know, methyl binders, chelators, and I got rid of everything. I'm on no medicines right now. I take glutathione and other supplements based on my genetic predispositions, but I don't have MS anymore. It's been an amazing life-changing journey for me. And that is because we looked under the hood and it was more than conventional wisdom. We got to you, your genetics, and what you can do about it then. And you were able to reverse MS. Do you hear that, listeners? And for the listeners, Holly, I want to tell you, I'm on a sulforaphane-based product that Lily, my wife and I developed when I was still at Nutramax, and it's called Abmacol. And I take Vinia, which is a, it's the red grape cell product. I'm the chief medical officer for Biharvest. So those are my two main products, along with glutathione and some other things based on my genetics. And what I love about the Abmacol, sulforaphane and this resveratrol based product, the reason I love those two options as phytonutrients and why I've studied those for over three decades, especially sulforaphane in my life. And I don't know about you, Holly, I love dietary supplements that are multimodal. And what this means is I share a little bit about my genetics. I have over 20 major SNPs that affect major molecular pathways in my body. I don't want to take 20 different products, two to four every day. I'm not even 50 yet. I don't want to take a million capsules and tablets. So what I love instead are these phytonutrients that go after many molecular targets at once. And that's what these multimodal phytonutrients that are found in plants and vegetables can do, like resveratrol, tannins, quercetins, and sulforaphane. And those are the products I take. And they're able to override many of my molecular deficits because of my genetics just with a couple capsules a day. And they've had profound impacts on making me really focused on healthcare again, not sick care. Like I said, I'm going to be 50 in October and I can run with my daughters. I can run a six and a half minute mile. I just did a 30 mile bike ride this weekend. I feel like a kid. I can't stop. If it wasn't for the fact I had a barbecue, I probably would have gone another 20 miles. I just feel no pain anymore. It's amazing. I love it so much. And you know, I think people should be their own PCP, their own primary care provider. Because at the end of the day, right, you're primarily in charge of providing care for yourself. And this drives it home even more because what's inside of you, your DNA, is going to drive how we can care better for you. So amazing. And so I want to give that website. It is bioharvest.com, right? That's correct. So it's bioharvest.com. If people are interested, we have one product now. I'll tell you a little foreshadowing. We're launching many products in the upcoming months and years ahead. Our main product is Vinia. So V-I-N-I-A. It's Vinia.com. And you can find it on Amazon, Walmart, on our own website as well. But again, it's out there. A lot of doctors are selling it now as well, doctor to doctor in the practices. So you can get there as well. But again, I love, and I don't know if you agree, I love these kind of options that target many of our pathways. And please check out Nebula, check out IntelliX DNA, get your DNA, your genomics done. One time your entire life, you'll need to do this. And it's going to be a game saver. I'm telling you, it's, it's an amazing, it's going to tell you the story of you based on your genes and how you can then Holly, another great thing, I got into the craze three years ago of intermittent fasting. And it's fun, but to be honest, it's really tough, you know, trying to have a regular lifestyle with, at the time, two teenage daughters and friends going out to dinner, and I have to sit there and watch them eat because I only have a 12 to 6 eating window. When I got my genomics done, guess what? This intermittent fasting, it's not for me based on my genetics. I was like, thank God, Holly, because like while it was fun and I did lose weight and I felt better, it's so rigorous. So now I know based on my genetics, I don't even need to do it. So like, isn't genetics just a wonderful tool to figure out like what's the best diet? What's the best intervention for us? Excellent. 
Oh my God, Dr. Kornblatt, you are the best. Thank you so much for inspiring not only me, but my listeners and mindful listeners. I love you so much. Thank you for being here all the time. And we're going to see you next time, maybe. Okay, take care, everybody. Thank you.